Welcome to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Here's your host, Hans Christian Wittinghus. Before we get started, I want to thank all of you for taking some time out to listen to this podcast. Listeners is what keeps it running, so thank you so much. If you do want to support me and the podcast just a bit more than by listening to it, you could consider becoming a patron or supporter on patreon.com fittingness. Here you can support with any amount you like just once a month. It's completely safe. There's no binding, so you can stop your support at any time you want. The money goes into covering the cost I have running the podcast and also to promoting it to get out to even more buttons of others. We're on 17 patrons right now, but my current goal is to reach 25. So I hope just a few of you will consider this for future episodes. Any small amount is highly appreciated and for your support, you get early access to all episodes and you'll have a chance each month to win different prizes. Now you can just sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Despite my guest today only being 18 years old, he already holds a very impressive resume. He's ranked number one in the world junior rankings. He's the youngest ever French men's singles champion. He's a reigning silver medalist at the World Junior Championships. And he even claimed his first international senior title in singles in December last year at the Italian International. So if you don't already know his name, you might as well start getting used to hearing it a lot more because he is one of Europe's biggest prospects for a future star. So it's my pleasure to welcome you, Crystal Popov, to the show. Welcome, Crystal. Uh, hey, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me uh, in your podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's all my pleasure. Thanks for uh, for finding some time with uh, all your schoolwork and training and uh, celebrating your brother's uh, birthday as well yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday, and uh, of I have uh, a lot of school during this time because usually I have a lot of tournament and uh, I'm skipping school, but uh, mm-hmm. now it's only training school training school and uh, during all day so yeah how do you like that do you miss having the chance to skip school yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes you know there is a like the test control and uh, usually i'm not here because i'm in tournaments but now i'm here and i have to learn so it's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not your favorite uh, no <laughs> what yeah, about uh, it if you're not training or if you're not in school, I I think I saw on your maybe it was on your Twitter that you're also a fan of uh, League of Legends. Do you spend a lot of yeah. time playing that? Yeah, we, with my brother we are playing a lot of this game League of Legends every night, like almost every night. And uh, I think after after this call I I will play again. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I have you become any of... better during this uh, pandemic because you have had more time to play it maybe? Uh, yeah, we play like maybe two to three hours per day with my brother uh, to League of Legends. But okay. now it's it's not that 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 long. Uh, well, all right. We're not only going to talk about the League of Legends, uh, Christo. Yeah. So let's just uh, get to the more uh, badminton uh, relevant talk. Uh, as always, I'm dividing the interview into three, and the first subject uh, today with you will be a talk about your badminton family that you come from and your your background. Uh, because like I come from a family where no one barely knew what badminton was before uh, me and my sister started in uh, in a club. But okay. for you, it's yeah, for you it's the complete opposite. 
you have uh, your brother Toma, who's also uh, playing at a, a very high level. Your dad is a former national team player in Bulgaria. Your yes. mom is a former high-level uh, umpire. Yes. And your uncle is so, also uh, one of the uh, best in doubles players in France back in uh, in his playing days, right? Yeah, my uncle played uh, the Olympics in Athens. So, okay. uh, and so my uncle was playing. He did the Olympics, and my father was the national coach of uh, Bulgaria. Mm. Then he uh, he was a player before, but he like broke his uh, Achille, you know, uh, down the pit, and so he had to stop. And he became the national um, coach of Bulgaria. Then he has a proposal for coming here in uh, France in uh, Fossomer to be uh, the coach, and uh, he he took it. And uh, like he was alone one year. We stayed in Bulgaria, and then uh, all the the family uh, moved uh, in Fossomer in France. And then uh, we so, so just how, followed how, how, my. Yeah, how old were you when you moved to France? Uh, I was one and a half. Okay. And my brother was uh, five, six, around yeah, something okay. like this. Yeah, so you don't really remember uh, staying in, in Bulgaria? No, uh, we came in 2004. My father came in 2003 and uh, all the family came in 2004. Hmm. Right. My uncle was also here. And uh, then we just followed my, my father because we were during all day uh, in the... the um, the training, you know, uh, my father was training, my mother was walking, so we were staying with my father the, in the hall, and uh, it was just like normal to play badminton then. Yeah, so you basically grew up playing badminton from uh, yeah, the very yes. start. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you ever feel like uh, like in, any kind of pressure to also become a badminton player because it's, uh, it's in your family, or has it just been natural for you to, to just play because yeah, everyone did it? It was it was more natural than with with pressure because uh, when I was young I wanted to play like football, uh, tennis or other sports, but uh, at the same time with badminton. But uh, then I decided to to not play and only focus on badminton, and I think that was the right choice. So yeah, I, I think I, I think most people would that, believe it's yeah. it's a good choice. Yeah. But did you and, did uh, you actually yeah. play football and tennis for a while? Uh, no, but I was like good in school there was some club in school and uh, mm. i was the best in my school but i just stopped yeah okay all right but if i understand it correctly it's your uncle uncle that's coaching you now right not not your dad yeah it's my dad my uncle is coaching the the store sisters from Bulgaria. Ah, all right all right my so it, is, it is your dad my dad is my your coach. Uh, yes my dad is my coach and also the coach of my my uh, brother too yeah, we are okay. both. Uh, All right. Yeah, we're actually going to talk about the uh, yeah your coaching uh, setup and also your your training with your brother a little uh, later in the podcast. Um, like when you say that your dad is your coach and you're training with your brother and your mom is also interested in badminton, do you ever talk anything besides badminton with your family when you're at the house? League of Legends. Uh, I I think it's like. 70% at home talking badminton, you know, like, uh, uh, when is your next tournament? Uh, how are we going to do, uh, go? Um, because my mom is coming with us every time. Uh, when is the training? How do you train? Uh, uh, take some rest for training. It's always talking about the badminton, of course. But uh, sometimes there is family talk, of course. 
But I also think that in, in some ways it might be quite cool actually that your dad is your coach because I guess he will also travel with you to tournaments and get a lot of yep. cool experiences together that for example I wouldn't get with my parents because they only travel every now and then when it work allowed it but for your dad it's actually work traveling with uh, with you and uh, Toma yeah it, it's it's like his work to, to come with us and uh, and coach us as my also uh, our father and it's good that he has that two faces of coach and father because we can tell like everything we everything in our head we can tell to him and uh, we can really talk easily and that, I think that's a pretty good uh, thing to have between a coach and a player so you never see it as a like a disadvantage that it's difficult because it's also your dad so maybe it's difficult for him to be hard on you because he also loves you as a just as a son yeah but um it's like the opposite we like he is hard on us sometimes but uh, we know it's for our good and uh mm. because it's our father and he will never like do it for just make us angry or everything but we know it's for our best and uh uh, that's the good uh, the good thing that is my also my father yeah okay so you actually think he can be even harder than a, maybe a, a normal coach would uh, would be with you guys yes. sometimes he can push harder uh, on us than the other players yeah all right all right are you are you ever back in bulgaria or did all the family move to to france uh we only have our grandparents uh, in bulgaria Otherwise, okay. my uh, my aunt and uh, my uncle is in Bulgaria. Okay. All the do, family. Do sp- uh, uh, sorry, uh, in France. Yeah. 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 All right. Do, do you speak yeah, fluent uh, Bulgarian? Yeah, we are speaking Bulgarian at home. So. Ah. Okay. Ah. Right, cool. Yeah. I, I I will only do the interview in English because uh, I, okay, I, yeah. I don't I don't I don't think I even know one word in uh, in Bulgarian. Uh, I think you can know one. It's the same as Russian. It's da. Ah, da. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, okay. All right. Is is it any close to Russian, Bulgarian? Yeah, very close. Close. And uh, the alphabet is the same. The Cyrillic alphabet. Okay. Okay. Same alphabet. So same writing and. Uh, so do you actually understand? Do you understand Russian as well? Uh, I can understand. It's like I can. Uh, I can. I can't understand every word but i can understand the the sense of the phrase and uh, uh i i can read in uh, russian so uh, okay. if i go to the, the city or meet the menu in the restaurant i can read okay so you uh, you're fluent in bulgarian you're fluent in english i can hear that and you're fluent in french and you also uh, you can also understand russian uh yeah, yeah i mean i speak bulgarian french and uh, i think i had uh, okay english and uh, yeah. at school, I learned uh, Spanish. So Spanish also. A, yeah, but it's like you know, you know, a school language is not that good, and no. only right. school things. To, yeah. Uh, did you ever consider start learning uh, Mandarin or Chinese, like uh, Vic Axelsen also? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, that, that's like the only major language, or maybe also uh, German, that you need to uh, you need to learn. All right, Crystal. We'll just uh, move on to uh, to talk more about the uh, the World Junior Championships last year because that that's when you really uh, made a uh, I don't know if you can say a breakthrough, but it's when the spotlight really started being uh, larger on you, also on a more European scale. I'm sure 
everyone knew you before if they were following French badminton or junior badminton, but like on a larger scale, people really got their uh, eyes up and uh, and saw you when when you made that final uh, last year. Um, yeah, it was. It, yeah, yeah, it was my first like major uh, result, a world uh, result, and uh, yeah, that's when um, I mean I I moved up that uh, I was like a good European uh, junior player, and I moved to to another step like the world, and uh, it like gave a lot of confidence to follow then in badminton and to to persist in the um in the training and uh, train harder it mo- it's it is motivating a lot also and uh, it's good that uh, it's uh, as you said uh, like a breakthrough and uh, also to uh, break that that door of uh, friends that um, the young uh, are like they are like dreaming of getting a medal like this and uh, it was all like just a dream and uh, in the head it was like in France, we could never do that, but now they they know we can do it, and uh, I think there's a lot of young players uh, that are now training and uh, very motivating to to win uh, medals at uh, the world junior. Yeah, definitely think world, you're, you're right about that, and yeah, so say you were the first French ever to uh, to, to win a medal, uh, but I also feel like badminton in France in general is uh, is getting more and more popular, like. Mm, yeah so yeah, it's only we, great that the results are also following so like you say younger players you're still a young player but even younger than you can see there is actually a path where they can make it to uh yeah even the, the top of the uh, the world rankings yes yeah we now in france we we're having a, a lot more of players like more than than before of course uh mm-hmm. like the same level especially in single now uh, we are like five or six to have uh, almost the same level and uh, that's that is a good thing definitely but talking about that world junior championships uh, going into the event you were only uh, seated 10 did, did you did you actually believe or did, did you know anything about the, the level of the uh, especially Asian players so you thought it was realistic that you could uh, play for the medals or were you just hoping because you, you didn't really uh, know what level was waiting for you uh, I was seated 10, but um, during the um, the summer, we went to Asia, to Indonesia and uh, Malaysia to play the big uh, Asian tournament. And uh, I did uh, one final and one semi-final, and I beat like uh, two of the top five in the world uh, ranking. Hmm. So for me, uh, uh, I knew I could do uh, like one or two big matches to win uh, like maybe top one or top two or top three. But um, for me, my, my goal was to do medal, like go to the quarterfinal and uh, play against one big, like one top seed and uh, do a big match and then win the medal. But uh, my draw from the beginning was like playing the, the first Japanese player after it was first Chinese Taipei player. And uh, one by one, it was like every match was like really big. And uh, I'm happy that I could like step up my level every, every match. And I played better and better, and uh, also winning the two Chinese, the two men singles from China, it was really good and very like giving confidence that I'm better than the Chinese at that at that moment, and uh, that's really good. So you actually you actually thought that you were better than the Chinese players uh, before playing those two guys? Yeah, um, 
not the semi-final. Semi-final, I played like, against, uh, his name is Lee Unze, and uh, mm. I lost against what, him. Was, that, the, was that the guy who was seeded four? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And uh, I lost against him uh, in the German junior, the big tournament, uh, the mm. junior tournament. I lost in two straight games, but he was really better than me uh, at, at this point. It was in, uh, in March. And uh, then I like do two games in the semi-final and uh, it was like really getting well in my head that during this time I could do more progress than him and uh, maybe, maybe also um, not stressing as him maybe because uh, behind the Chinese coach were, were really very rude uh, at him. So. Yeah, because right. you you also like when I look at the matches you played, your your draw was actually pretty tough. Like you you almost had uh, no no easy opponents. So you played a Japanese guy, you played a uh, Taiwanese, you then played two Chinese also to as you say in the quarterfinal and semifinal. Would you say that semifinal is the performance you you are the most proud of, or were all the matches just a high level, or did you kind of build up the level throughout the uh, the tournament? I, I think I build up the, the level every match and uh, the semi-final I was really happy because uh, in my head I was a bit more stressed than the other matches because uh, uh, I lost against him in the beginning of the year and uh, I was like he was like really have he had one step up than me and uh, I knew it would be difficult and uh, but every match was difficult and uh, I managed to to go to, to the match and uh, be focused every match. And uh, it's one of the like tournaments in the year that I can play uh, 100%. And uh, I'm happy that I could like show my level at this tournament, especially. Yeah. Uh, how do you, in a tournament like that, how, how do you prepare for, for the opponents that you're, you're going to play? Because I guess even though you, you went to Asia to play a few of the tournaments, some of them you, you won't have any... Uh, information or information. very yeah, little inf- information about uh, so, so how do you prepare do you just focus on, on your own game only or uh, yeah how, how did you do it yeah i was in my with my father we like say that i i'm gonna like play my game and uh to uh, you know in the match i am i have to put my game in the match and not playing his game but my game and uh, that was more the strategy than uh, and uh, as you said we don't know anything about the Asian player or very little video or maybe on YouTube, that's all. And uh, also um, uh, the draw, they are made like two days before the, the tournament starts because there's yeah. the team event. Then in the, before going then, we are like 100, uh, 130 players and you, you don't know who are you going to play directly. And so you, you can't prepare against the player but uh, you can prepare yourself. So that was the yeah, most, so the most important. I, I saw in the second round, you played uh, this guy, Urai Wong or something called uh, from, uh, from Thailand, where, where you actually played three games. Yes. So how do you, how do you handle a situation like that? Because as you say, you want to focus on just your own game, but then you actually get into a match like this. It's still early in the draw. So you're expecting to go further and things are not really working. How how did you kind of make sure that you didn't stress and yeah how how did you keep calm in a situation like that? Um, I think I I won the first game and I played well, but second game I I get like 
I, I attacked a lot and too much. I was like forcing the game and uh, mm. I, I got a bit angry on myself and uh, that caused me the second game. Uh, in the third game, I was really stressed at the beginning. But uh, I managed like I'm focusing just on, you know, like simple details, like just my service and uh, having a good lift, then be just strong in defense and just not making any mistakes like no not looking for for doing a net shot really close to the net and just keeping safe the game and uh taking some maybe advantage like plus four or five and then maybe taking some risk that's that's how i'm doing yeah all right so, sounds uh so, sounds like a good good way to to handle the stress mm. then, then what about the uh the final that's the only match we haven't talked about yet the, you you lost to uh to this other thai guy uh who we uh, most of us also know now because he he's also in the top 30 of the uh, the senior world rankings now you lost eight and eight and eleven was was he just too good or were you yeah just exhausted from uh from playing all these stations already Uh, I think it was the both. Uh, I was like mentally not really not ready for the final because every match it was like you know like a big uh, wall against me and mentally uh, because the tournament was two weeks because we had the team event before and I think the last day I was my head wasn't here and uh, I wasn't ready. I did a lot of mistakes like easy mistakes in the. The service and second and the third shot, I did like really, really big mistakes. Like and uh, but he was really strong, like doing no mistakes and uh, very precise. And I think he managed really better than me the final, and that's why the the score wasn't even like there, there was no battle. He he won just the match, like really. Yeah. But it also makes sense that if if you're if you're mentally drained for energy, and as you say, he he's. A very good player. Uh, I think it was also the third time he won, wasn't it? Yes, third time, yeah. Yeah, but then obviously, if you if you're not in the in the game with your head, then there's just gonna be be no chance yeah. to beat a player of his and level because uh, he's already high standard even in in the senior circuit as well. And also, I knew that if I wasn't like 100% physically ready and also mentally, I had I had no chance because he's really good and uh, I think he's. He had a very big confidence in, confident in the the tournament because he already won two times before that, and uh, he's like, and he was just like uh, conf- confirmed the his level and his title. So it was difficult to not be ready mentally, and uh, I wasn't gonna win either way. <laughs> So how did you feel after the tournament? Because like when I speak to Anas Antonsen, who won a silver medal at the World Championships uh, in Basel last year, he's actually uh, he's not so happy about the tournament because he got really a big beating in the final by Momota. And he's more remembering the bad experience from the final than he's actually remembering the fact that he won a silver medal. Is that the same for you? Or are you still more happy and proud that you actually uh, achieved this uh, silver medal? Uh, I'm mostly proud. Of course, I'm really upset about my level at the final, but uh, from that experience, uh, I'm like, mm, I know that next time I can do better than this and uh, learn from what I did wrong in the final. And uh, uh, from another side, it's it's a good thing that I was really bad in the final, thanks to to know what to do next time. And no, I for me, it's only positive, but. Uh, 
Yeah, that's good to hear. I also think that uh, winning a silver medal, you should be proud and, uh, and happy about that achievement, even though the, the final wasn't close. But then I also imagine when you win a silver medal, you want to win the gold next time. So, yeah, how disappointed were you to, to see this year's edition uh, get cancelled? I know it's postponed, right? So it's meant to be played next year, where even though you might be one year too old, then you're still eligible. To, uh, yeah, to no, normally they postpone the tournament in uh, January. Mm. So I think it's the, the beginning of January. and uh, But it's not that sure, I think. We don't have uh, any, I don't have any more information. Mm. And uh, yeah, for me, the COVID was re- not really good. Cause no. I, I won the Dutch Junior just before. I came back mm. and then locked down. And for me, it was, I knew that this year I had to, to do uh, a gold medal and then uh, in my head at the beginning of the year and uh, at the end of 2019 also in my head it was like really won the gold medal next year and uh, I was in a good like good shape because I won the Italian international the challenge and uh, then I won the national championship I beat all the French players except Boris who wasn't playing then it was the Thomas Nube Cup in France then the Dutch, op- Dutch uh, Open I won against the, the best juniors and uh, I was really happy then locked down. So the problem is like, you don't know who, how the training is, uh, they stopped training or if they kept training, like we were locked down one month and a half, we couldn't training, but maybe they could. And uh, you you don't know the level in front uh, of us. So. No, but you're still interested in, in playing the world juniors next year it's not like you're already yeah. moving on in your head that you're just forgetting about it and then move on to to the senior circuit you want to win that gold medal still yeah yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. have to to go for it that sounds sounds great christo uh but i think we've talked talked enough about the world union championships i want to move on to uh, the third subject that uh, i have planned for today and that's talking about the uh, the training setup you have and the, the way you you're doing uh, things in uh, in france because it's uh, right now it's it's uh, quite different as to how we do here in denmark where we are all of the best men singles are together in the national center but i know in france you have a really strong group of men singles you have you and your brother uh you have Clabou, you have Breeze, you have Arno Merkle, but almost none of you are training together. It's one or two training together every, uh, yeah, in in different cities. You're you're training with yes. your uh, with your brother. Can you just try and explain what what is like the the reason behind this? Why you're not all trying to train together, but but keeping uh, apart and stuff? Um, at the beginning, before me and my brother, they were like everybody was training at the national center in in Set, in Paris. But I think um, the players at at the time they there was a period that there were some problems with the federation, and uh, the the players some of the players left because I think they didn't trust the process in the in the national center. They didn't trust uh, the coaches. I think, and uh, that's why everybody uh, moved to a personal coach where he could train uh, for him like. Like trust the coach and uh, know that he it's his project I think, and also in France um, we like more um, uh, the players like more to uh, 
to have a project, but for their own. And uh, in INSEP in, uh, in Paris, uh, it's a project, but it's all collective. They don't make like very individual. And uh, I think everybody like step out of the INSEP to, to really have uh, individual project and uh, and we can see results because they are better than before and uh, today there are three main singles in the inset there are Arnaud Merclet and uh, Thomas Ruxel mm. uh, also one uh, youngest uh, Alex Lanier I don't know if you know him yeah I know the name he uh, he's a good young player also and but Corvé Clairbout and uh, Brice and uh, me and my brother we are out of the the federal structure uh, I think we trust more our personal coaches than uh, if we prefer that our personal coaches uh, train us than the federation but you have never been in INSEP right because you're so young or like you haven't been there like full time at any, at any point right no we never we have never been in full full time in INSEP mm. uh, we do sometimes like a, a camp one week mm. Like before a big tournament like Thomas Cup, we prepare one week before everybody at the inset or sometimes just for training, we we regroup for the inset. But uh, we never, me and my brother, we were never full uh, in inset. But that, choosing not, not to be there, does that then mean that you also have to cover all your expenses yourself or do you still get support by the Federation when, when you don't want to be a part of the, uh, the inset training center? Um, at the beginning, at the beginning, it was more difficult because they, there's still some difference bef- um, between uh, the guys who are in this federal structure and outside. Um, uh, during like like the last three four years, we were um, getting like we are paying our our tournaments. But uh, me as a junior, I was um, they took all my expenses because I was a junior, but at the senior level, um, they are not taking all the expenses and uh, you have to um, be on a certain like uh, ranking and also doing the results. Like I did a medal at the World Junior, so there's like a system the, during one year, they are taking me at 100% uh, all my expenses for tournaments. And uh, there's, some of, there's something that there is a system for that. But yeah. uh, now they are changing a bit of the, the politics and um, uh, because everybody is stepping out of the inset, so they have to change and uh, paying to pay the expenses of the players. So they dig this like a rank. You have an age, you have a, and you have to, there's like missions to, to do. Okay. Yeah. So, so you don't have a plan to, to start training in INSEP anytime soon you're, you're happy with the way that you do things now and if, if you also can get the support then maybe there's no real reason for you to actually uh, think about starting in, in INSEP yeah at the moment we are very uh, like really happy to to stay here uh, at our club with training with my father uh, at the moment we're not thinking of, about going to the INSEP but uh, maybe one one year we are going to, yeah. to go but uh, at the moment, we are, we are staying uh, at home. Hmm. So, like, talking about training, I'm also a bit curious as to what you see is the most important thing that you have to work on to kind of take the next step from a very good and successful junior player and into becoming a world-class uh, senior player. And 
and kind of how you work on it. But like, first off, like, what do you see as the most important thing for you to to work on to take the next step that I I know you want to take uh, as fast as possible? Um, for my side, I I like a lot to I watch a lot of matches to see how you know Momota how he's managing his matches or like other players, and uh, I think there is a bit of experience, of course, and. Uh, but also I have to grow physically to be really strong because uh, uh, during, during all the year, uh, going like playing every tournament a week, then next week, week, and uh, uh, it's a lot. And um, if, you, uh, if I want to do results like during all the year, I have to be really strong and be playing 100% at least uh, uh, full time. And uh, to be ready to you know, you. I can be like uh, fresh the first round, second round, but then if you're not strong uh, physically, you, you can be uh, at the high, highest level during the next round after. So I yeah, think definitely uh, physically. Do you have someone around you to help you with that? Because your dad is, I'm sure, a great badminton coach, but does he also know a lot about physical training or do you actually have a, a physical coach as well? Like uh, yes, uh, around the, me and my brother, we have a team. We have a um, kinetherapist. We have um, um, a physical trainer. So we are doing like weight training with him, cardio, uh, running. So he's our physical coach. We have my dad as a badminton coach. Uh, and then we have, um, I don't know in English, it's like moving you um, uh, an osteopath. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the English word is, but it's very close to the Danish nose, so I know what you mean. Okay. Uh, I, I okay, hope yeah. the listeners do as well. <laughs> so we have that medical team uh, around us too to uh, take care of us, and we have a physical coach. Yeah, so we have right. that, like, we are trying to be professional at this level. Mm. So w when you play tournaments, do you also have a physio traveling with you, or is it only, only a coach for that? Uh, at the moment, he only travels for the nationals. To, uh, because it's in France, and uh, because we are, if he travels with us, we have to cover all the expenses. And, and it's uh, expensive. It's, yeah, we're not getting that much money to to cover all the expenses for everyone every time. And uh, he's only coming at one tournament uh, at the moment. All right. You said that you're you're watching a lot of video also to kind of find out what, what you you need to work on. Is there any? Uh any kind type of player that you you would like to uh, to be as a player like do you prefer to be a defensive player or offensive or more all round is there like one type of game that that you would like to to be seen as a yeah Christopher Popov he's this kind of player yeah. uh i personally like i i really love playing defense but yeah. i really love playing attack and uh, i love to like change during the match my like doing attack then defense then doing rallies and i i like to like um doing like uh, a fusion of everything and uh, yeah. like doing a really good like rallies and defense like momota but uh, also a good at attacking like uh victor yeah. uh i think i would like to to mix the this this games and uh, to do uh, like if I have a moment in the match that I have to attack, to have a really good attack to, to make the point, to, uh, to finish the point, or if I have to defend, I have to be strong as Momota, 
And um, Isma Monza, uh, like the the biggest inspiration for you. He's also a lefty, yeah, just like yourself. Um, uh, uh, yes, I like his game, uh, but there is also I like a lot uh, Lindan also. Of course, mm. he's left hand too. But uh, also uh, Li Chongwei. I really like Li Chongwei, and uh, I think uh, our when he took his uh, he, when he retired, uh, I was like a bit upset because I wanted to play at least one match against him, but it it won't come. So, oh. but you're too young. You're too young. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, but I, I can tell you, yeah, it can be fun to play Little Way, but it can also be not a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you play, I played him once in uh, Malaysia in the first round, and I thought I was gonna have a like a decent chance. I don't know why I believe that, but I did. And uh, I spoke to my coach Kenneth before the match, and I could just feel from him that that he thought it was gonna be really really difficult, and I was I was kind of angry with him for uh, for not that I didn't feel 100% support. But then when I got on court, I got five in the first game and I just felt like I had absolutely no chance at all. So okay. it, it's not always fun to play him, but uh, yeah, I, I understand why you would like to try it once. Um, like talking about all this uh, this training stuff and your, your setup also with physical coaches. Uh, and I guess you probably also have one for your mental uh, preparation or yeah, working on your the psychological. Uh, no, we don't. Oh. No, we don't. With my brother, uh, at this time we don't, and uh, because I, we talked sometimes about that, but uh, we didn't feel like we had to to do that at the moment. So maybe uh, maybe one one day we we will have to to get a mental coach, but at the moment we we are not feeling like we need one. I read somewhere that one of your goals is to uh, to medal at the Olympics in Paris in 2024. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're happy with the with the setup you have now that you believe that that gives you a chance to to actually progress so much in in the next uh, four years to to be able to do that. Or do you feel like yeah. there's things that that you still need to improve in your setup to to make it a a realistic dream? Um. At the moment, I I think our like our project is good, and uh, we have a good team with us. So I trust the the team with my also uh, my brother, and uh, I think now the more important uh, thing is to um, go to like big tournaments like now Denmark uh, Open, like in two two or three weeks, and uh, I'm really happy that I entered the main draw to play, and uh, also to just go to the hall and see how. Uh, that big tournament, how it is to go on court, how it is feeling like uh, also the other players and uh, because it's not the same like watching on YouTube and uh, watching in the hall. It, I want to, to watch in the hall. And uh, I Makes think that to, to have like uh, a lot of matches, even if I lost first round, I don't care. And uh, just to play the, the big guys and to, to know what level do I have to uh, to have to to play against them and beat them? Uh, that's my goal, like for the next year, next two years. Mm, yeah, all right. It also makes sense to me that that you actually feel confident with your uh, with your surroundings and your team, because obviously your results are, are going the right way all the time. So why would you not believe that what you're doing is uh, is is working well? 
but it's going to be quite interesting to see. And in I just saw the draw for Denmark Open uh, yesterday, and you're uh, you're playing another teenager. You're playing uh, Laksha Sen in the first round, so that's going to be quite interesting as well. Yeah, going to be a long match. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Have I you played, played him before? Played. Yeah. Um, last year I played him two times. I I won and then I lost. In uh, I won the Irish Open in two straight games, and then the Scottish I. I lost in three games. In the third game, I was leading 16-8 or 16-9 in the third. Okay. And I, I twist my ankle and then the match stopped. Like, oh. oh, damn. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you, if you lost that game, that I, I actually know you more for being the guy that is catching up when you're, you're far behind in the third game. I've heard a lot of stories uh, of your epic comebacks in the Nationals and also a, a few other tournaments. Oh, yeah. I had an epic comeback at the Nationals. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of your uh, main characteristics. I I hear that you can always yeah. come back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you also uh, you also play uh, doubles in most tournaments uh, with your brother. Is that yeah, something yeah. you you plan to continue doing or? Uh, yeah. What, what's uh, the plan for yeah. you guys? Um, at the moment, yeah, we are continuing to play double because we like we love the speed of the double and we are really like having a lot of fun. And uh, like playing yeah, can, the big we can guys, all, we can all see that when we watch you on court playing together. It looks yeah. like you're having we a lot are, of fun. <laughs> yeah, even losing, we are always smiling and keeping the fun. It's uh, really good. And also, we are like having a good level in double. We uh, now we are in the main draw, also in the Denmark Open, yeah. and uh, we are really enjoying. And uh, at the moment, um, we will continue to play double. Um, even if sometimes you know the double is causing like catching too much energy for the single, but uh, uh, for the moment we will continue. And uh, if uh, one day there is like problem physically to to go to the single and double, uh, maybe we will stop. But uh, for the moment we continue moment, and, and enjoy yeah. the fun. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but but just to be one hundred percent sure that singles is the main focus for both you and also uh, Toma, right? Yes, it's our main focus. Yes. Yeah. So, do do you ever train doubles, or is it is it only singles in training? Uh, we train maybe once every two weeks double. Uh, okay. It's right. no, it's really like when we're going to the tournament. It's like yeah, uh, how we serve. Like they have a good, do have a good serve. It's it's more like this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then I'll say that your your level in doubles is is pretty okay for uh, guys that are not not training more doubles than that. We are moving on to the final part of the interview, Christo, and that's uh, the listener questions. As you know, I asked for some questions from uh, from all of my listeners on Twitter and Instagram, and I got a lot of uh, good ones, and I chose uh, three that I, I want to uh, to ask you, and it could be about uh, anything. So are you up for that? Yes, let's go. Yeah. All right. The first one is from, uh, it's actually from two guys who asked the same question. Uh, a guy called Belbir224 and another guy called Mitun. I think they are maybe Indians, both of them. They ask you if the, uh, yeah, who's your toughest opponent in the uh, in your junior circuit? So if you were to play the World Junior Championships, who would be the toughest opponent for you at, at the moment? Uh, you mean for Juicy. the next uh, World Junior? For the next yep. World Junior? Yeah. Uh, um, I haven't seen them like seven months, so 
Um, what, what if it was oh, seven months ago? Uh, I would say um, uh, there is an Indian player um, who uh, I lost uh, two years ago, and uh, he was really good. I think he, he played the PBO League in India and do really good results. I think it's him. Uh, I don't know really his name, but oh. uh, it's that player, an Indian player. Yeah, all right. I'm sure I, these guys will be happy to hear that it's yeah, an Indian player. <laughs> I, I think they, they they know who who it is. <laughs> who it is? Yeah, probably, probably. Next question is from uh, Anissa Belkis. Uh, she's asking uh, if you had one chance to play against a legend, present or retired, who would it be? And uh, now that I'm reading this question, I prepared it before. Then I guess I already got the answer earlier that it will be uh, Lee Chung Wei, maybe. Yeah, it will be Lee Chung Wei to. Uh, I love his game, like, you no, know, like sometimes it's big attacks, it's big defense, it's like really the, the the points are on fire, like, and also I saw one point with you when you, you do between the legs in the end, <laughs> really epic points, I really like it, and uh, I I think I will really love to like play some points like this with him. Mm. What, what about uh, Lindan? Um... Uh, it will be, of course, a lot of fun too. But yeah. I think. But you, you would. Prefer I, uh, yeah, I would prefer to play against Chong Wei. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's also with Chong Wei, as you say, it, it's often more crazy points that you will uh, experience with him because the speed and the power is just, yeah, unreal with him. Where Lin Dan's game is maybe a bit more, uh, at least in his later years, a bit more control based. Where yeah, Chong yeah. Wei is is based on speed a lot, and he is yeah. really fast. <laughs> I trust you. Yeah. All right. Final uh, final question is from a guy called Andy Stewart, and he is asking if you could choose one skill or shot or a physical ability from any other player. What what skill or ability would that be? That's a tough question. Uh, There's a lot to choose from. There are yeah. many good players with different uh, abilities. One ability, uh, like I think, for example, for you, if you say that you're uh, you need to work on your physical abilities, then uh, like a guy like Chen Long with his uh, physique would be <laughs> that would be a, a good choice. His legs or something like that, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, he has big legs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm, um, I think the the smash of. Um, Chu Chen Chen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I like. You like that? I, I never I never played against him. I, I don't know how it feels to, to defend this match, but I some video or what I watched, it's like really like no very there is weight on his match and it, I like see to I see it like a big match and uh, I really like. Yeah, he is definitely a guy with a big smash, no no doubt about that. All right, Christo, I don't have uh, any more questions for you. Uh, I just want to thank you for, for taking your time and uh, out to, to do this interview. Uh, I'm sure I actually have quite a few French listeners, so I'm sure they will uh, okay. appreciate it too. Yeah, okay. And thank you, then, thank uh, you from, uh, for having me. Yeah, then I hope to uh, see you on court in, in Denmark because we uh, might actually play each other in the second round if uh, everything goes well, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I saw, I saw the draw too and 
I, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have uh, Suniyama for the listeners who don't know. I have Suniyama from Japan in the first round, so it's uh, not an easy start for me either. Uh, just as it's not easy for you against Laksha. Uh, yeah. But yeah, let, uh, let's hope for an all-European battle in the second round, and then you can uh, you can get your rematch from uh, from Barcelona for a few few years ago. Yeah, yeah. I remember well this match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I do yeah. too. I think. I think I, I got into more trouble than uh, I was expecting uh, be- before the match. You you were only uh, were you just turned seventeen at the time? No, sixteen. I was sixteen because it was February. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, your birthday is in March. Yes. Yeah. Oh, March. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say was, the full result. People need to look it up on the internet. I just want to say that that I won. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christo, I have no more uh, for you. Thank you so much again. And uh, yeah, I'll see you in a couple of weeks in, uh, in Denmark. Yeah. Thank you for having me. No problem. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, share and leave a comment in iTunes or your preferred podcast app. 